You are listening to Believe, Strive, Achieve, Endurance Podcast with Diogo Custodio. If this is your first time listening, then thanks so much for coming. Get ready and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Believe, Strive, Achieve, Endurance Podcast. My name is Diogo. In today's episode, we are recovering the coaches on the couch of the last 27 of October, where Coach Philip and Coach Alan have discussed if coaching is really worth it. I hope you guys enjoy this one. Have fun. Clearly, we are both in a coaching company and we are both coaches. So we definitely come at this from the angle that coaching is worth it, especially as we're talking about uh, coaching on the subject on the um, the show which we're doing as coaches on the couch so with that in mind we're very very aware that there is almost certainly a bit of a bias here um but we're trying to come at it from a slightly more practical and i guess useful approach to this because quite often um people do think about coaching and now is a time of year where people think about should i take a coach on should i move on to a different coach and we just want to try and just talk around around the subject and try and offer some impartial advice, even though obviously we are coming at it from a slightly impartial perspective, uh, or sorry, partial perspective. So I, let's just start off on the total basis that we know that we are coaches. Um, but what, why, um, I guess the first question it really is, is, is why would anyone want to have a coach? So um, Alan, why, why would anybody want to have a coach? Yeah, I, um, hi, first of all. Uh, sorry if you caught me sneezing there as you went live. Um, the, I guess, like, I, as you were talking there, I was thinking, well, yeah, almost from an athlete point of view, um, I'm, I'm coached myself. Um, what questions, you know, what questions did I have in my head when I wanted to be coached? And I guess like any athlete, the question constantly is how, you know, how can I improve? How can I get better? How can I reach my goals? Um, how can I increase the likelihood of me achieving um, whatever it is that, you know, you have in mind to achieve? Um, I've now forgotten the original question. Why I have a coach? Why I have a coach to help with all of that, I guess. I think I think the I think increasing likelihood of achieving your goals is is one, and I think accelerating you getting to that point is another. But also, then the third one is probably about lifting your potential. So if you're doing it on your own, or you know, with with some sort of club support, or you know, some sort of plan to follow, then that's going to lift you to a certain level but then you know the potential the potential question you're asking yourself well if i if i work with uh, if i work with a coach are they going to help me to to maybe even surpass what what i'm aiming to do um like you know achieving a goal time is the, the most obvious example of that yeah i suppose i mean most of the time people will think oh well i need to have a coach to try and do a new goal thing quite often people will come to have a coach when it's sort of like i'm stepping up stepping up a distance or if they're trying to i guess do something a bit new um but what you just said just there is quite important people already have coaches if they're part of a club 
because they're, yeah. they're engaging with coaches. And I think also coaches don't necessarily just materialize in purely triathlon. Coaches appear in all sorts of different areas. So we, we could start talking about, you know, coaches in business, coaches in or mentors in anything which you're doing outside of triathlon or endurance sports. Um, so I think coaching in sport is really common. You kind of have that kind of classic American uh, movie thing about coach. And there's loads of coaching movies, American movies about coaches. Coach Carter, for example. Coach Carter has been one of them, but there's also some other great ones in American football and um, uh, and baseball as well. And, and looking beyond the sports side of things, actually coaches materialize in quite a few different other areas, um, be that in business and in, in life coaching um, or, or, or sport. So what do, what does the, what do those points in time all have in common? Support, I think, really is the thing that I see most with coaching. It's, um, and then obviously coaching is a neutral thing. Uh, it can apply to any, any of those environments, I guess, is the way of putting it. And you're going to go to somebody who you feel is going to be able to provide you with the you know appropriate support for what it is that you that you need a little bit of help with i guess that goes from triathlon all the way to business yeah. um, i think it's also it's also that's quite a useful um reference point is thinking about something outside of the sporting environment and thinking about what coaching provides there and and for athletes who are considering um, whether or not coaching is something that might benefit them, that kind of um, comparison might be something that they find really useful. Because if, you, if you've been coached in one aspect of your life, then it, it might be something that you really find useful or you don't find so useful. Um, so, yeah, I guess that can help make a decision. I think the other aspect as well, really importantly... Um, moving moving on a bit from that is is what what kind of coach do you want like what what do you want out of a coach because I think that's you know if you know what it is like triathlon business um, whatever it happens to be then that's going to help you direct your attention to what it is that you want out of a coach be that support mentoring guidance accountability um, lots so of things. So what we're definitely talking about then, um, and I think in all of that, if it's business or otherwise, um, we're not, we're, there's a clear difference between a training plan and a coach. But I guess what, with people who haven't necessarily experienced coaching, what, what, what are we saying is the difference between a coaching uh, experience and a, a training plan experience? I'd see, I, it's very hard with this not to go back to personal personal experience as well, um, which I think mean, cool. is kind of okay in this situation. Yeah, honestly, we are on a couch, this is coaches on a couch, so we can, we can go personal if you want. Yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, you, you can be on the couch, I'll sit on the armchair, um, yeah. the, uh, as in not the couch. Um, 
I think I think the thing is like I think a lot of people go through like Don Fink plan as a classic example. Lots of people out there have heard it, heard of it. It's relatively easy to to get hold of in terms of downloading or knowing a friend who's got a copy or or you know whatever. It's it's basically just a, a word or a PDF document of a plan that's relatively simple and easy to follow, um, which essentially just covers the the volume if you like and. What, what you can do working towards I think it covers half Ironman and Ironman um, it's a long time since I've looked at it um, but I've had I've worked with quite a few athletes who've done the plan and then have gone on to look for a coach and I guess that would be a really good question to ask them is what was the difference but from my experience it's the detail and the specificity and the a very long time ago I'd say 2006, 2007. So before I did a formal qualification in coaching, I can remember sitting down at my computer, having done some sports science degrees and having, you know, an interest in improving as a triathlete personally. I wrote the the, the world's greatest plan. As far as I concerned at that point, it was. I probably wouldn't say that now. And I, I probably planned out six months of training and I think I got two weeks in and ripped it all down. I mean, I just printed it out and stuck it all up on the wall, blue tack and everything. And oh yeah, I was going to be the next. Oh, at that stage, Tim Don, I think, was probably rather good. Well, not that he isn't now. but yeah, He's still um, pretty good, though, isn't he? Yeah, he's still probably good now. And yeah, I thought that was it. And then two weeks in, that was it. The, the, you know, the plan was um, off the rails. And I think that's the really big difference is when that happens is you get to have a conversation with the coach and... Um, you know, the first two weeks with a coach are like that to some degree, but then from that point onwards, the two paths diverge significantly because there's a huge evolution with the relationship with a coach that you just don't get with a plan. So, I mean, I guess from my point of view, I have a similar memory going back a few years ago uh, of taking a training plan and copying it out and it may have been Joe Friel's book and putting together a training plan as a result of reading through the training bible and, and everything. That one there. Yeah yeah probably and my one is just over there I think still as well you know so these are clearly famously useful books and 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 a big influence both on both of our lives. I also followed on Think Plan and remember as well but I guess there is that point of once you've started the training plan, it's not a linear process. And unfortunately, any training plan you you work off, you kind of you start it and then it's you're you're on a path. If you if anything was to happen, if anything changes, you can't necessarily change with it. Very, 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 very few plans will adapt with the athlete. And I guess that adaptability mentioned specificity specific to the athlete specific to the the distance or the race that they're doing but also to the season you know again the minute you have more than one train race let's just say you're racing your first ever 70.3 or half distance iron uh, half ironman distance race uh, middle distance race you're going to end up leading towards that one event what happens if you want to do another one afterwards a month later two weeks later three months later it doesn't matter where do you put the training plan in then so that ability to to build a, a year a season um out of uh, out of essentially what's a few races 
um, is really, really, really where a coach can de develop a, a program effectively. And the other side of it, I think, is that if you if you look at the the season and um, uh, you sort of say go, we both know that nothing happens. I mean, this year is a pretty good example of what happens when you follow a training plan and things change. You know, you'd have been halfway down your training plan towards Ironman UK this year or towards one of the other, any other race, really. Uh, but, you know, you're on that and suddenly it's been moved. Well, so, that ties in with what you were saying about that, the non-linear nature yeah. of life, I guess, to some degree, but definitely like a training plan. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, this year has been a fantastic example about how training plans on their own just don't quite work. Um because without a race, the training plan almost becomes useless. Yeah, still... so, yeah. So there's kind of two things that come out of that for me. The first is the ability to ask questions. Um, and, and that ties in with what, you know, because training plans can work for a lot of individuals. And I guess our, you know, both of us speaking about our experience of the think plan and having our own plans in the past. Even at, even at that stage, I was more comfortable than, well, I think fair, fair to say, uh, you know, the majority of, of athletes in that situation, I was more confident in being able to adapt and change. I mean, I, I wrote the plan to, to sort of to start with. Um, so if you're a really, really confident athlete with a lot of experience, then it, it, there's, there's funny, there's funny, um, it depends parts to answering the question how to know if coaching is for you because at some stage athletes can get super super confident and they know what they're doing and their their mindset and their approach and their goals are aligned in a, in a way that means that they're able to to train in a self-sufficient manner so i think there's a combination of factors there with your 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 level of confidence your level of experience and also really importantly um i guess your degree of ambition if you like with your goals and your, your attitude towards those goals so there's one of the big differences between a training plan and coaching psychology mm. yeah yeah it's that you do get you do get the the psychological I guess it's almost it's it's not deliberate. It's it's a it's a consequence of having a coach. Is did you, you've got that other person there? So you like a, like just going back to that word that I said earlier, support. So you do have the all of the bent coaches kind of have these. Um, um, I can't think of the word. I mean, almost like side effects, if you like that, or things that just happen. You know, they're not deliberate, they just happen and it's part of just having the coaches that immediately you've got somebody there to support you. Even if they, you know, don't particularly do very much, it's somebody else to share that experience and share that responsibility with. Um, and that, that can be really beneficial. And I think that, you know, that's a 10% boost in your confidence getting there straight away. And I think... Interestingly, when you start working with an athlete, uh, obviously this is where we look at it from both lenses. You know, one as an athlete, we've both had coaches. You are currently coached. I'm currently lazy, um, and we both 
seeing it from an athlete's perspective, but we also see it day in, day out with, with athletes as a coach. And you know, it's, it's always quite entertaining when we start off working with somebody and they tell you how much training they do, what they do through the week, and you say, okay, fine, I'll put it into training peaks and I'll have a look and see how you do. But let's just just see see how we go for the first couple of weeks. And immediately what what usually happens is when you've as an athlete have said, so Philip Athlete says, Oh yeah, I do my my bike sessions on these days, this is what I normally do. I go out and do a three to four hour ride at the weekend, et cetera, et cetera. It's then written out in front of me, which is fine because that's what a training plan does. Mm-hmm. But I've committed to saying I'm going to do that because I've had that conversation with Philip, the coach. And so suddenly you're sat there knowing that you've got this training plan in front of you for the week or the next six months, depending on how you do it. But suddenly you have that accountability to a coach. Now, the coach shouldn't be the, the stick which um, pushes you and along to do the training sessions. But immediately that happens. You are more accountable the minute you have a, have a coach. And often it's not in the way you think in that kind of stick and carrot mentality. It's more a sense of, okay, well, actually, I've, I personally have said I'm going to do that. And so I personally am now motivated to do that. And the only difference is that you just said it to somebody else. Mm. I mean, I smile, I smile and chuckle a little bit as you're saying that because I was thinking there, like, oh, yeah, you, what you're saying there is once you've got a coach, you'll magically just tick off sessions because you've got that accountability. I'm sorry, I'm stood here even thinking that's great until you, you're some sort of smart aleck coach yourself who thinks they know better and you don't do what's set for you. <laughs> guilty um sorry rob yeah sorry rob um that's most of my training piece comments sorry rob um but in that situation there's it's not it's not as simple as that it's also a case of if you do make changes or you do do differently there's a conversation that can be had there and those that you'll ask yourself those questions and it so it provides a uh, i've got one right next to me here a, a, a mirror and a level of accountability is what you're doing. So if you don't do something, there's a there's a conscious trigger there to go, I need to be able to explain why I've made that decision. And sometimes that decision can be entirely reasonable. Um, and that you know, that that conversation and that questioning, even not physically asking your coach a question, but that questioning in your own head um, can often be quite beneficial as well. Um, yeah. And on top of that, the other, the, or on the other side of that, when you do make those adjustments and things change and you apologize to Rob, um, then there's someone there to make a plan again. So we know as, as well as anybody that an athlete is not going to be able to do every single session. Um, things will get in the way something as basic as you were trying to make a group ride and um, you were running a bit late, had a puncture and you didn't make the start of the group ride for that session. So you had to then go out and do something on your own. So it's a different session. You still go out and do three hours on the bike, club, you know, club ride, but it's, a, it's going to be a different session because you're doing it all on your own um, as opposed to doing it as part of a group. So immediately there's a change there for the training plan. It might be more drastic as in, you know, you couldn't get to the swimming pool and you missed a session or you just weren't feeling very well. So you weren't able to deliver the session in the way that you wanted to, or you had to skip a few sessions to recover. So all those things means immediately there's going to be a change. And you've then got somebody to help, A, objectify what has happened, 
remove any emotion from it and b then start helping you develop a plan and, and how to then readjust and not change the goal you know just because you miss a session doesn't mean that you're not going to be able to go ahead and finish that Ironman that you want to do or complete your first ever sprint distance triathlon that still has to happen on the day that you say it's going to do it just because you miss a day doesn't mean that the race will happen on the Monday instead of the Sunday it's still happening um, so you have to then have a slightly different plan going forwards uh, and being able to have that conversation for the adjustments and not beating yourself up about the fact that you missed a session and then ripping up your training plan because it doesn't exist anymore it doesn't work uh, that's also another really important side of coaching yeah, it makes makes me think a little bit there about. Um, I think there's, there's there's a spectrum in terms of that confidence with what to do, and it's kind of the two ends of that spectrum that are the ones that benefit from coaching. So to explain what I mean there, at one end of the spectrum, if you're not very confident and you you have you're, you're a relative novice in terms of knowledge or experience, then, you know, a coach can be really, really helpful at that end of the spectrum. And then you kind of got the middle ground where you kind of know what you're doing. You may be doing club sessions. You've got most of your week sort of looked after with, and you know, you're quite happy doing that and enjoy that. And it's good fun and it fits around your life really well. Perhaps some athletes in that section, who like to race, like compete, are able to do so, have a moderate to moderate-ish level of experience, or they've been to a high level and have now just want to take part more socially, if that makes sense. Athletes kind of in that ground at times don't necessarily need a coach for a bit of advice maybe now and then, or sort of a mentoring conversation or something about their weekly structure of conversation with a coach might be useful. But I'd also say that the other end of the spectrum is really beneficial. And I guess this is why I'm coached is if you have a higher degree of knowledge and, or you have really high demands on your time and you don't particularly want to have to do that thinking for yourself because the training in itself is enough work without trying to come up with a plan yourself um because overthinking it or worrying about it can be hard going and it's all it's all too all too easy to adapt the plan when it gets tough yeah and it goes back to that accountability conversation at that end as well as that um i guess objectivity that you know you, you can look at look at things differently i think you know even if i'm you know i'm a coach and i know how training works i understand it clearly you do too you know having that second person that second pair of eyes is never going to be a bad thing what i talk about with athletes often as well is that um i want them to understand more about the coaching process about the training process about what we're trying to achieve because the further down that route they get the more of an in-depth conversation we start having around them so in other words we're now working at a coaching at a high level uh, and what we mean then by coaching isn't just about the training plan because the training plan is the output of what those conversations go on. So you're talking to an athlete, you have an understanding of them, you get to know them if you're able to see them face to face, which is a rarity nowadays, uh, at least not from too, too close. Um, you know, if you can see how they're working, how they're moving, you can understand it. That might be through conversation or movement patterns or, or whatever. The more you can see that and, and understand the athlete, the more you can tailor the training plan to the individual. 
I mean, the really obvious um, thing would be if you're working with a female athlete and you know where they are in the menstrual cycle, you're going to be able to adjust their training plan and training program to be maximizing the the benefits and the, the kind of the challenges or the the changes in the hormones in order to make the athlete perform really well on key sessions and um, get given the opportunity to recover or protect them from possible injury at other times a training plan what can't do that it, it can't uh, make that um bespokeness or specificity for the athlete and that comes with understanding and knowing the athlete uh, massive it depends on the individual of everything um menstrual cycles included life cycles included i uh an ongoing joke as I think I'm on, I don't know how many uh, vicarious children you're at in coaching, Philip, but like life and those kind of things happen. You have to make edits on the move and it's not just races. Like I think you made a really good point about multiple races in a season, but um, one of the most common things to cover as a coach is, uh, is wedding season. Um you know how do you how do you train around that or how you know how do you you know what's you know what's the best sort of approach you know given my imminent first second third i'll stop there child um <laughs> and, and how does that change the plan going forwards because the same plan can't yeah. work effectively again yeah yeah exactly and then, you know i think so that's good there's kind of um um confidence and support is like one part of this conversation but i always i also think that one of the questions to ask is um is also not really is coaching for you but are you for coaching if that makes sense like i are you going to reap the rewards so are you going to respond to coaching are you going to get the value out of it and i think sometimes um well, I, I do. I think at any level, commitment comes into that from the athlete's part. So I think one of the questions, if you are an athlete who's thinking about coaching in any aspect of life, is to is to sort of ask yourself if you're willing to commit and get the most out of it. And the, the level of competition doesn't isn't part of that. So I think that brings in a really, I think, I find it an intriguing concept, which is that um, and it's something which coaches use all the time. So, oh, you know, the best thing you can do is buy into coaching because you can buy a set of wheels and they're going to be two minutes to 40 kilometer time trial. And, you know, they're trying to almost quantify it as a, as an amount of time that you're going to get back. And look, you know, if you, if you buy a set of wheels, you get a faster bike, you purchase speed essentially, which is what you're trying to do. Yeah, sure. You're going to go faster but that's a purchase. You can't get any faster once you've made those gains. You know, if you buy the wheels, you don't do any training or you keep the same level of training, you'll make that speed gain, but you won't go any faster anymore. Yeah. And so looking at coaching as an investment rather than a purchase is important. Clearly with a set of wheels or a bike, you'll maintain it, you'll look after it. Um, but if anything, it's only going to get slower as the bearings get slightly worn and as the um you know the surface is slightly scuffed or damaged etc 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 so technically speaking those are purchases whereas coaching is an investment and exactly what you just said there Al, which is you need to put into it how committed are you going to be with the training plan you buy it you can stick it onto your fridge you can tick off the sessions you can 
if you're using some of the smarter plans like the self fund training peaks um where you look at the plan you can see how you've done and you know you can have a look at sessions and see how things develop and everything and that's cool um but essentially it is a purchase whereas within coaching it's an investment and the more you put into that coaching relationship the more you you have those conversations you you look to get something out of it beyond just the training plan the more you're going to benefit and so suddenly those speed gains that you get are going to be counted in two minutes maybe every single race that you do rather than two minutes on one off 40k time trial or more obviously um or less depends how you go but there is definitely benefit um beyond um just buying into something it's, it's all about that investment and it goes both ways the benefit isn't the same either so you get like an efficiency aerodynamic gain if you like with buying the wheels for example but with regards to coaching you might get confidence the first time you can do this you're all right you got this have fun enjoy you know I've, you know the training that you've done over the last few weeks. I'm very confident that you can go and do do what you want to do. We've practiced these sessions over the past few weeks. This is the course. You've done your homework. Is there anything more that you feel we could have done at this point? No. Right. We're well, good to go then. Have fun. But the next time it could be okay. We'll race this time. And these are the things that we spoke about that you could improve. We've practiced them again. Here's a little bit more detail about how you could race. Let's go and use, you know, a different system or approach it in a different way, or we're going to concentrate on nutrition this time, or we're going to concentrate on not only your wheels being aerodynamic, but this time we've done some work on your posture on the bike and making you more aerodynamic. And so it's always it's always shifting and moving and progressing and developing and in order to to get the most out of that you need to keep up and one thing which we've talked about is that confidence i guess and the the relationship but we've not spoken about the experience that a coach brings we've been there maybe ourselves although i'm a real firm believer that i just don't think that being a top level athlete means that you automatically become a a good coach and that kind of comes down more to bandwidth um of of athletes and coaches you know if i if i'm an athlete and i know how i work and then i use the same model for every other athlete i engage with i'm not necessarily coaching the person i'm coaching many versions of me um so for, for me looking at that it's an experience thing that don't forget to uh, you know pack a, an extra pair of uh, trainers so that when you drop your trainers off in transition you've got something to walk around in you know, there's also an element of that kind of experience. Which comes that one. I always forget that. <laughs> <laughs> it's on the um, it's on our kit list, which you can download. But um, but yeah, look, looking at those points, um, which are, you know, how how do you um, bring that experience? And it's not just experience about racing. You know, we 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 both have done some some races in our time. We may have raced the same course as an athlete. We may not have done the same course as the athlete. So it's it's not just about the experiences that you may have as a coach as a as a coach to an athlete from when you were an athlete. Um, but it's also about the fact that I've coached however many people over that distance or however many people full stop. So the number of experiences I have about going into a race as a coach is going to be vastly greater than you going into that experience as an athlete, because for every one athlete you have, I might have 10 or 20 or depending how many coach athletes you have over however many years 
you've got the experience of those points to draw on so that you can actually give more value to the um to the athlete so it's not just about you know, not forgetting your trainers but it's also about well actually i remember with one athlete i wasn't able they weren't able to do this so that means i need to remind this athlete about the same same problem which they may have because they're a similar athlete of the similar ability so it's also bringing that experience of the event of endurance which um which also adds value to to the information you're going to get it's perspective isn't it it's just a, a greater number of samples um, that have passed or a greater number of experiences. It's not like, you're right to say it's not the coach's athletic experience that's beneficial. That's, that is, although it's a very detailed experience, it is only one sample. And obviously you can't get the same amount of detail as a coach not unless, not unless you, you're actually racing next to them or physically, you know, possess them. You're not going to have that exact detail. I mean, you can get a lot out of data capture and you can get a lot from what an athlete feed, feeds back to you. But it's the number of times that that happens and the, the perspective that we're able... I think I, I'm quite fond of saying most things are on a spectrum to some degree. Like there's very very few things in life that are completely binary, um, that are black and white. They're relatively simple. Many many things on a spectrum. And I think, and that I think that's the sole reason for the classic coach answer of it depends because that's kind of the we operate in that generalism. Like the you know the uh, I referenced a conversation we had the other day here for a bit of talking about how science is reductionist in that in order to have a fair test, you'll control a lot of variables and have one that floats. And you say so you, you can learn a lot about that one specific variable, but by controlling it, you, you lose the real world sort of, well, there's lots of things that are influenced. That's what's going, that's what's going on here. And I think that's what a coach brings is they're able to not just look at that one variable. It does come down to um, judgment based on experience and that perspective based on this huge range of athletes that I've seen over the years and on all of the detail, because that's what I think what you're saying a minute ago in terms of getting to know an athlete and having those, that deep, those deeper conversations when they're able to, when the athlete becomes able to do more and more things themselves, it enables you to go into more depth and gain better perspective because you know that athlete a lot better. And that's, that's where the investment from the athlete comes from, I think, because the, the benefit that then is the, the knowledge that they end up giving to the coach, because then the, the coach can make more informed decisions. And So I guess in many ways, what we're saying is that a coach is a shortcut. Um, you know, you're, you're going to fail a few things that you're not going to get it right first time. We discussed you know, failure and successful athletes last time in, in our um, traits of successful athlete conversation. So we, you, we've got a situation where you're not going to do, you're not going to nail it first time, probably. If you're doing it with a coach, you may have a greater probability of nailing it first time. But even then, you know, it's still a probability. And really, yeah, I... we're not going to be first time either. You're going to learn something from a few attempts. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure a shortcut is quite. I prefer saying increased likelihood or increased probability, because I don't think the certainty, even for I would, you know, 
there's a there's a very strong chance that something will go in the path that you you predict um but there's going back to that spectrum there's always outliers on the spectrum and there's always the you know the element of things that happen in life you know things in life happen even uh, and that upsets that that kind of plan going on the path you, you thought it would so so it increases the probability in your favor of the thing that is that you want to do to, to will happen i suppose is, is what you're trying to say there i mean that bringing in that idea of experience i guess is is partly where maybe that shortcut phrase might come into it that you know you you're not going to forget about the um the trainers the first time or in your case from the sounds of it every time <laughs> for the t for tt or for walking around transition when you're waiting to start because you've you've had that knowledge and experience gap so there's probably there are times where you'll accelerate your learning and experience yourself because you've benefited from the experience and learning of not just the coaches and athletes not just the coach as a coach but also the coaches athletes that have been before them and also the observations they've seen uh, you know, right uh, you know, races. I mean, how many times have you sat on the side of a race and watched athletes racing and, and learned stuff just not even from racing yourself or having necessarily one of your athletes go through something? You just saw something. You know, oh, that's something I should pay, you know, pay attention to. Yeah. I th I think right. So there's those, those kind of two aspects, and that you know about maybe the athlete in terms of confidence and you know what their what their goals are is is kind of one aspect to this and i think the uh, the overall part as well in terms of trying to answer you know is coaching for you is i do you think it would be fair to say that this is tricky but from an outsider's point of view do you think there's a perception that coaching is simply a plan and this is how much training you should do and this is what you should do. I, I think that's probably a fair observation for people who haven't been involved in coaching or had, I guess, a coaching figure in their life. Because mm. it doesn't need to be a coach. You know, it could be a parental figure. It could be a teacher. It could be um, anybody, really, um, who, who just had that in part with you and, and challenged you to, to be a better version of yourself in whatever that was be that sport academia work um life you know all sorts of different areas um so i think unless someone's sort of experienced that before coaching may well come across as just a glorified training plan um but then i guess what's what's stopping them or what's stopping that from being true what kind of what, how would they know any different to to argue any differently if they haven't experienced that before yeah I, you know i think i think for a lot of people from the outside it's here's a training plan do this much do do this so it's a set of instructions but i think i think what you said about challenge there i put in a, in a slightly different way or a slightly different emphasis is i think it can be the nudge that helps you to step outside your comfort zone and that like i say that that mirror effect of hold, holding things up into to stretch you a little bit as to what you think might be achievable, but also challenge some of your preconceptions and your attitudes and, you know, frankly, sometimes your behavior, you know, like you, you've said you want to do this. You've decided to do that. Does that 
does that line up with what you want to do? And I, I, you know, I've definitely had some conversations with athletes where they've gone, yeah, that's a fair cop, Balf, you know, fair, fair comment. I probably shouldn't have done that, but do you know what? I enjoyed it. So I'm not going to worry about it. And I'm like, okay, well, okay, fair enough. If you can, if you can live with it, then that's, that's your choice. But if you don't, I'd also probably add it, but also, you know, if you don't achieve your goal, that's a possible contributing factor. But if you can live with that, that's fine. That's, you know, your choice. I'm not a dictator. Uh, I'm not the fun police either. Uh, well, maybe not all the time. Um, but I think I think the other part, the bit that I was getting at is it is not just what you see on training peaks or however a plan comes to you. It's also like the challenge and the conversation around lots of little things that you might wonder about. Nutrition, um, what bike should I have? Um, should I have it on erg mode or not? Is WIF good? Is train road good? Is Sufferfest good? What can I buy? Of, meter, what can I buy? Yeah, yeah. What's yeah? What's the what's the most practical thing? What bike shoes work well for this? Uh, what other kind of fun events can I do? I mean, I've been exposed, you know, this year to um, uh, like gravel riding and uh, um, the racing collective races. So for events like GB GB Duro and um, other events over in uh, over in America like Dirty Kansas because of because of an athlete's interest in that and that's been really interesting for me and really interesting for the athlete but then that it's also like a sort of a wider community of your coach and coach coached athletes all sort of sharing sharing knowledges and experiences and that that kind of thing what's the best foam roller to buy god blimey I keep going for hours with questions well I think but COVID times have certainly meant that we have seen the real value in coaching and the coaching relationship. And I guess as a, as a coach, as a business owner of coaches, you know, I was genuinely really concerned when we hit March and then yeah. triathlon was cancelled essentially. And then triathlon kept on rolling out and being cancelled. And like, okay, well, you know, we, we, we stand in a position where potentially a lot of our athletes are going to just leave. Um, you know, why, why would they necessarily want to stay if they don't have a race and that's what they were looking to try and do? And sure, some, some people did. Um, what was interesting, I guess, both as a coach, coach and someone um, you know, running a business in coaching was that a lot of the people didn't. And it was, thankfully they didn't, um, but it, it, was, yeah. it was, yeah, but it wasn't, it wasn't just from a business point of view, which thankfully it, they didn't. Um, it was more the, because they saw the value beyond triathlon. Um, and those who did move on um, for a variety of different reasons, uh, most of them they were uh, quoting sort of COVID-related things, races not being on. Uh, and obviously, sadly, some people being impacted financially as well. Um, but those who did stay on saw the, the value in the coach, not just from... The structure we, we obviously work very hard to try and put together something around um, more of the group and community aspect of it which i think is a part of coaching which which happens either in a club environment you know your local club or, or as, as we have with the community of athletes or even just the athlete group that you work with with your coach and knowing who they are so it wasn't just that community aspect of it but it was about bringing some structure through either sessions or conversations and looking at the mental well-being aspect of athletes and being able to say okay well you've got this crazy suggestion that you want to sit on your toe trainer and pretend that you've actually climbed up the same height as Everest when you haven't but just through resistance um, 
on your bike and it's going to take multiple hours, half a day, etc. You know, you've got these these people who are having these conversations with these crazy suggestions and crazy ideas, which suddenly don't seem that crazy because actually the number of crazy suggestions I've heard of things that people want to do means I'm kind of numb to it all now. I was like, well, that's not that crazy because I had someone do this, so that's that's sort of average. Um, but you know, so, suddenly these this environment, this time that we're in the moment, has meant that. I think that the real value of the coach-athlete relationship, of the community around coaching, of the guidance and training plans, of the structure and training, of the, yeah, we can do that. How can we get yourself better? Of making ourselves highly skilled or improved in various aspects of performance, psychology, nutrition, etc. I think that's where coaching has really come to its uh, own and demonstrated its value in, in the COVID times. I just think, yeah, you know, triathlon buddy is almost how I'd say it. You know, like I think, I think for a lot of people, I, geez, I, I, I'm personally terrible. I, I will talk about cycling or triathlon until you know somebody's well past their sell by date. Um, but I, you know, there's a lot of people out 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 there that, that would love to do that, and I think through through to, you know joining joining in to some degree you know if going to if going to club sessions isn't enough triathlon chat for you then coaching might be true and i guess it also goes beyond as well like how can you help that triathlon um passion that you have the commitments that you have how can you fit it into your life how can you how can you make it work uh, you know quite often although yes we're talking about triathlon or running and endurance stuff um Sometimes it's also like, well, you know, something you probably need to think about um, not doing that or spending some time at home or, you know, looking, looking after yourself a little bit more. So there's also the, the kind of kind of being kind on yourself and looking after your family as well, which comes into coaching and bringing balance to your life, which I think is quite often really, really important. That's, I think that's, that, that's a huge part of coaching that's not perceived from the outside is is the the experience in the, in those situations when things go off go off plan and life events happen i mean i like i say a joker i think i genuinely on eight nine ten children now at least you know and 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 not and not just the positive side of things you know you know things going wrong in life as well you know Ill, illness you know, and uh, and worse worse than that as well. I think you know being able to respond to those situations. I know that's not just myself. I know other coaches within TTH, and I'm sure other coaches elsewhere as well have had similar situations where it's not it stops being about triathlon support, and it just starts becoming about support. Um, so, you know, the, there's a lot of life experience that goes into it as well. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. The amount of conversations that we've had around triathlon is obviously innumerable, but quite often the really important ones, the ones which stick with you as a coach, the ones that stick with you as an athlete are the ones which often don't have anything to do with triathlon yeah. and more, more about the person. Yeah. Um, and you know, that is really valuable, especially when you you realise that the, the coach and, and you, you do know each other really well. You know, if you've invested into that relationship, if you've invested, both of you have invested into that um, thing, I mean, clearly an athlete and a coach will care about where they're trying to get to you know we're trying to get to that goal that's part of it you have to care to to be kind of keen in the coaching side of things and want to do more of it but you know as as you guys both share that drive and aims and ambitions 
it, it is amazing how you, know, you actually can talk quite openly to these people and, and share those hardships as well as the, the positive side of things as well. Um, but those can be the, the important ones. Yeah. I don't know, do you think we've answered the question? Well, I, I guess that's what I was about to sort of say. I mean, clearly there's a lot of free stuff on the website and the website, sorry, and there's a lot of free stuff you can have a look at on social media. Um, and there's even free training plans you can download or if you purchase magazines and stuff, you can grab them out of the back of the magazine. And, and I think they serve a really important part. I think they are critical to getting people into training. And there's a big part of training we talk about where it's learning how to train, learn how to put one foot in front of the other and do a training, you know, do two sessions of each sport throughout the week plus S and C. And you know, that's a, it's an important part. And actually that often is an important part of training life cycle for an athlete. It just means that maybe coaching is a little bit later on in that, or you start off at the very beginning and you haven't come all the way through. But I think um, it's not to sort of close down on training plans and say they're rubbish because they're not, they're really important. Uh, they're an important part of obviously coaching that's how we get people faster by putting together a training plan and i think the difference is how the training plan fits in with your life and how it fits in with you and i think that's sort of where the value of coaching is and, and where it's worth it and i think that i genuinely do believe that wherever you sit within your own personal lifetime there may be times we need to move away from coaching um and have a go on your own and stuff and you learn a lot around that one but i think most of the time having having coaching somewhere in, in what you're doing, be that your sport, your life, your work, your men, you know, mentoring role or anything like that, it is a really, really valuable part um, of, of your experience and your progression. Yeah, like I, d I definitely would support the comment that there is like a place for training plans. In the past, I have actually worked with a couple of athletes where I've suggested that they step back down um, because I didn't feel like, what they wanted and what they were engaging in was, you know, offering them any more than a training plan would. And just for what they, what they were willing to commit to and what they sort of wanted out of it. I was like, okay, we, you've kind of asked some questions now. I think I'm, if that's the limit of your questions and your curiosity and your ambition, then I, I genuinely think you should step back down because I, I, I would like to emphasize there's not a linear journey here you don't start off not knowing anything like you said a second ago start to browse the internet read magazines ask people hints tips go to a club then follow a training plan then go coaching then dominate the world it's not a one-way street there are certainly times at which it's entirely appropriate to step back down and I think that's it I'm reading a book about um, uh, passion at the moment that's written by a couple of coaches over in america it's actually a book that my coach um sent me and just posted me the book and said uh, read this basically and um there is a stage at which if you keep going on that linear path it can turn from passion into obsession and turn into a slightly unhealthy relationship and often in those times it's really you need to kind of remember why you started in the first place and try to refine that and often taking a step back, taking a step down or taking a break can be really important in trying to rediscover that. So it's certainly not linear. And I think that's, I think sometimes with the kind of world that we live in, in terms of I must achieve, I must do this, I must show off this, I must do that, I must get one of these. Um, it's seen as a one-way street. And do you know what? I, I 
I come back to it loads to the presentation on camp a few years ago where I said, you know, if you, if you want that, then this is how you do it. But it's boring to some degree. Like you just need to get on with it. You need to, but if you want to have fun, that's fine as well. And that's totally okay. And, and you yeah. can do both. You can be high performing and have fun and you can. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. You can, you can do some people find that easier than others. True. Uh, depends on you as an individual, doesn't it? Um, but yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with just doing club sessions and having a laugh. So if that is you and you decide that coaching isn't for you, great. And if you're in doubt, uh, Philip will let you know the email address and the website and you can ask. Absolutely. And we'll let you know. Yeah. So I guess, okay, let's, let's, let's wrap up there then. So one sentence answers, how would you know if coaching was worth it for you, Alan? How would I know if it was worth it? Mm-hmm. Oh, God. One sentence for that. I know that's why it's a challenge putting you outside your comfort zone there. Honestly, I don't think I can answer that. How do I, it's immeasurable. I, I can't, in, to, to quantify it, I don't think I could. I, I think I think it's a connection and a, and a relationship with somebody, and I think if you value and respect somebody's opinion, and you want to engage in conversation with them, then yeah, it's worth it. I think if um, I agree, it's not the easiest question to answer. So apologies, uh, but. How would I know if coaching? Right <laughs> yeah, exactly. How would I know if coaching um, was worth it for me? I think it it would be looking into that. Um, I think that investment um, idea that I'm, I'm looking to to take something and grow it. And I've got it. Oh well, good, good, back to you. But yeah, I'd be looking to try and take something and grow it. And if I, if for me, if I can see a way of doing that through coaching that's then how I know that coaching would be worth it because it's going to give me more than um, kind of what that small kind of initial suggestion would be, like a training plan or anything like that. So two parts. If I have questions, that's, that's kind of how I'd know if I um, wanted coaching, if you like, or if it was for me. How would I evaluate if it was worthwhile if my questions were answered? Fair enough. And if you have no more questions, then perhaps. And this is the, the I, this is kind of nice because it's this is the ambition. I've had this with a couple of athletes in the last couple of years. Where if you have no questions, it doesn't mean there's anything wrong. It just perhaps means that you've reached a stage where you you're knowledgeable enough, or you've reached the 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 the, the capacity of that coach's knowledge, and you're on the same level, and you kind of have no more questions and you kind of need to go away and explore it on your own or go to another coach, which is certainly valuable at times because you get a new fresh stimulus. Um, but yeah, I guess if you, if you have questions, if your questions get answered and if you've got no questions, that's kind of the journey. So it's all about questions. And yeah, if we've answered the question, how many more times can I say a question? <laughs> there, are no, there are no more questions if we've answered the question. <laughs> So there you go. Is coaching worth it? In Alan's one sentence, which probably wasn't a sentence. Um, so 
I think that's we'll, we'll wrap it up there. Uh, thank you again, Alan, for your for your time and your insight. Um, I'm hope hopefully we gave a fairly impartial view on that. Um, clearly, we are coaches and we think it's really valuable, but we were trying to give the I guess the views on why and when it would be valuable for you. So um, if you do have any questions, obviously you can just drop them in the in the boxes below. I'm sure there might be a few uh, comments as a result of some of those uh, points. Um, but we'll we'll look look to try and get back to you on those ones. Uh, and obviously this if you're listening to this on the podcast, just drop us an email uh, there as well. Uh, next time we've got a couple of uh, guest speakers. Um, we will um, let you know all about that. Uh, close to the time but a couple of really big um, big names uh, in the sport and we'll be talking actually around uh, pregnancy in athletes and trying to help um, both male and female athletes understand a little bit about what um, they can do athletes can do uh, when if they are finding themselves pregnant and also how to con how to kind of hold on to their identity and some of the common pitfalls which aren't necessarily discussed uh, as well as how to overcome them. So uh, slightly different uh, mode for next time, but we'll still be here on Facebook Live and also on the podcast. So look forward to catching you there. And uh, all that leaves me to do now, say thank you very much to Alan and good night to everybody. Cheers, bye. The Believe Strive Achieve podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment and show notes are found at trytrainingharder.com. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Try Training Harder. Thanks for listening.